and you can press play. Work it, make it, do it, makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. Work it, harder, make it, better, do it, faster, makes us stronger, more than ever, faster, power, work it, Congrats on the 20,000, you guys, really. Congratulations. Welcome to That But Don't Kill Me, a podcast about health, illness, and disability by and about the people who live it every day. I'm Kendall. And I'm Jamie. And uh, we're back. We're, we're back, back after a, a mini break. I don't even know if we can call that a break, really. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really a part of the realm of time anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> time is not. I apply think to us. Yeah, no I mean, longer. nothing applies to us, right? Like, yeah. obviously, um, yeah. this 100% vaccinated podcast doesn't have to. Yeah, we're worry itself. Yeah, so we're we're sorry anymore. if you expect episodes on certain days, and we've not been delivering because I don't really know what a day is anymore. And also, we just do what we want. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and um, that's that's really it. So uh, today we have a good episode yes. put together for you. We've got a. We've got a guest. Got a we'll guest. introduce her in in a, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to start the episode by just let's do a let's do a little a little check a little, in. a little how you're feeling. Yeah, a little Wong Baker pain scale. Yeah, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Do you want to go first? I think you should go first. Okay. Um, I'm I'm at a zero. I've I like or a one. I've got no pain. Everything's wonderful. Jamie. Um, my both of we my love parents, this. <laughs> yes. Both of my parents got their first doses this week um of the vags. So that is great. Um or like in the past week. Which and honestly feels like a feat for Massachusetts because it does, yeah. It feels like Massachusetts has been really holding back. They have, and they've like they've started to make some changes just in the past week. Um, and like one of the bigger surprises was my dad was able to get it through, um, his hospital center, like directly they contacted him, which like is the thing that NYU and New York allegedly said they were going to do. And like, I think Mount Sinai, like similarly, like I've heard other people say like, oh, they, they've, they've had the pretense of like, oh, we'll let you know if we can vaccinate you. But until he got contacted in Massachusetts, I hadn't actually heard of a hospital system, like getting in contact with a civilian to be like we've determined that you're eligible and we can give it to you, Mm. Um, which was really like a really wonderful surprise. Um, So that was, that was great. And other than that, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm happy to be vaccinated. I'm, I'm allegedly at full protection now. So that's great. Feels good. feels nice. What about Uh, you? um, You know what? I have to say similarly, like I am at a one zero. I don't know. I mean, life is, feeling really good um mm-hmm. really hopeful um my lyme symptoms are so much better That's god bless god bless um because i feel like the vaccine was basically taking 
like a big boot and just dropping it and right. on me. And um, so that's been really, really, really a huge relief to feel okay. Um, then I think the weather getting nicer feels good. And I also tested positive for antibodies this that week. That is fantastic. Yeah, which honestly makes me feel like I won the golden ticket, truly. Um, I think there's a lot that is a contributing factor to me getting antibodies, which I think we'll dig into a little bit later in the podcast. But um, yeah, I mean, I actually went and got my own like third party test, basically. So I'm a part of this Johns Hopkins study that's testing post-transplant recipients for antibody response to the vaccine. And I just was I had submitted my first sample after my first dose um, on March 1st, and I still hadn't gotten any results, and it was going absolutely crazy not knowing. Um, and so I uh, just took matters into my own hands and got a lab corp test of antibodies against the spike protein, which is mm. what the test is. And mm. um, I got the results within a day um, on Tuesday. And then um, I got my Johns Hopkins results confirmed or came back as well positive um, on Wednesday. So I was... Oh, nice. I felt like I just... um, You got the double confirmation. Double confirmation that I had antibodies after the first dose, and now I have antibodies after the second dose. Amazing. So I feel... I mean, the results were positive. I feel positive. Yeah, right. Everything's... You know, as my... uh, I told some people during the week, and... One of my friends said, "Everyone, everything's turning up, Kendall," yeah. and and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I would say maybe not. The lack of bad is the is is necessarily good, but like at this point in my life, the lack of bad is good. Right. So I feel very, I feel very, very happy and very, very different than I did like two weeks ago." When I was basically in the pit of a depress- depression, thinking that my life would never get better. So right. I guess that's just that's just good knowledge for anyone who's al- also feeling in a pit of depression that, you know, things things can change rather quickly. Right. Um, so, yeah, I feel I feel I feel good. I have my date to return to New York after nice. 7 months away. Yeah. Um and that's going to be on Friday this coming Friday. Nice. So, nice. This is my last weekend in the in the suburbs with my parents. <laughs> yeah. And I'm excited. I'm really really I mean, my apartment has some bad juju, so I need to take care of that. But like, like I haven't, I haven't even lived in the apartment as a person really. I've just lived right. there briefly as a person who didn't know what was going on with them and had just right. kind of contracted Lyme. So, yeah, feels feels good, feels right. Yeah, it's interesting to think about in so many ways how you know a year ago, like a year ago, exactly what was what was going on and it's the world is very very different yeah Um, so different i mean man a year ago i think i thought all of this would be gone by the summertime yeah right (gasps) oh that's so funny yeah naive yeah very naive um well should we should we talk to introduce our guest yeah so 
We're, Callie we, is going to join us. Yes, uh, Callie Tansel Sudeth. She's a journalist from D.C. We're going to bring her on and, and talk about uh, more about transplant patients and antibodies and the vaccine. And immunocompromised people at large, actually. Yes, which I yes, think and, is and the bigger implications of, important. of how immunocompromised people are doing and will be doing with the vaccines um, yeah. and what that might mean. It's a big problem. So yeah. um, it seems Callie, well, we'll hear from Callie, but uh, I, she doesn't necessarily know yet about right. her she's situation. Waiting. So she's yeah. in process, yeah. um, which I think is, that's a hard, it's a spot. It's a spot yeah. for sure. So yeah. um, I'm really, I'm really interested and eager to, to speak with her. Yeah. And, uh, Here's that, that conversation. conversation. <laughs> Jinx! <laughs> Can only make me stronger. I need you to hurt We already introduced you, Callie. Very uh, cool. <laughs> I'm so excited that you're here to talk all nerdy transplant immunocompromised people things with us. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Of course, yeah. So, um, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself just like anything that you think is interesting or important to know sure um so i'm callie i am 26 and i live right outside of washington dc um i am a journalist and will finish grad school in about six weeks which is terrifying congrats um, nice. thank you um i was born with a congenital heart defect called left ventricular non-compaction cardiomyopathy. Um, it is not genetic in my case. Um, nobody really knows where it came from, but I have four siblings and none of them have heart problems or four half siblings. And uh, we just don't know what happened. And uh, then when I was 13, I had a heart transplant at Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore. Nice. And yeah, I've been on, I've been very lucky to, for the most part, have been, had like smooth sailing since then. A few little blips, but I have not um, had any episodes of rejection since like right after the surgery. Um, I've like, I've gotten the flu like three or four times. Um I, but yeah, no, I, I take a lot of meds and I play it pretty safe. And I think, uh, that has worked out for me. So right now pretty stable, but you know, COVID well, was a scary thing. Yes, definitely. Uh, yeah, that sounds very familiar. COVID is definitely a very scary thing, mm -hmm. I think, for all three of us here. Um, so you're now, what, 13 years post? Did I do that math right? Yeah, I am 13 and a half years. Or actually, no. So I, like, just by chance, got the actual surgery on my half birthday. So um, I turned 27 next month. And I guess on my birthday... So like mid April, it'll be exactly thirteen years. Okay. Um. But yeah. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty long. That's pretty yeah. long. <laughs> yeah. 
Or no, um, it'll be exactly half my life. Sorry, it'll be 13 and a half years. Cool. cool. Exactly half the life. Well. Okay, math is not my, I mean, you know, yeah. if you said 13, I'd be like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I knew I had made a mental note of like, okay, birthday means something. It's not exactly 13, but it's something that's like half life. Okay, got it. Wow, congrats. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm, um, what, nearly 17 years post. Oh, my gosh. I had two liver transplants. So um, 17 post June will mark 17 post first transplant. And then August would be my second one. So, yeah, it's very it's very strange. I, I, I have this feeling and I don't know if you have this, too, where Sometimes I meet other transplant recipients and then I realize that I'm like the farthest one out of the group. And then I get a little bit nervous <laughs> because yeah. I'm like, oh, no, um, where do I go for understanding the path ahead of me? You know yeah. what I mean? Um, because I think it's like so nice to look to other people and kind of get a sense of, I don't know, just because it's such a new entity of medicine i mean transplants are just they're very new um yeah so it's really hard to know what's the kind of path forward for us yeah no i completely relate to what you're saying um i have like mainly online made friends um and most of them have are a few years behind me um and then there was one girl who I connected with who had hers as an infant in 1992, but then she needed wow. to be retransplanted about a month ago, which is oh, always wow. like a possibility. But I was yeah. like, it's freaky. I yeah. know that when I switched from when I was, I think it was when I graduated college, they basically like, I was seeing doctors at Children's National Medical Center in DC. Mm-hmm. And they kicked me out because they're like, you're too old. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, Washington Hospital Center is literally across the street from that. So I just like switched all my care. And when I did the preliminary visits, um, the doctors were all talking about like, yeah, you're very stable. Like, we don't really need to worry a whole lot. But then they were like, but you seem like an excellent, excellent candidate for retransplant. And I'm like, those two things don't make sense. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Does and so then sense. I freaked out, and they are just like, no, 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 not right now. But if that's needed down the line, and it's like, yeah, no one really knows going yeah. forward. I think that certain organs seem to, like, push up against, they believe some kind of, like, deadline. But I love that question that people ask, like, so, like, when are you going to need another one? I'm like, um, that's a... You shouldn't ask me that. <laughs> I'm going to hold on no. to this one as long as I can. Uh, hopefully never. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so before we get into the vaccine trials, uh, I want to like hear a little bit more about your experience um, in quarantine. Like what has your COVID time looked like? Um, how How nervous have you been? How comfortable have you been? You know, just what has that been like for you? Yeah. So um, I'd say, like, to preface, I have been very nervous basically the whole time. Um, 
But uh, so I was one semester into what was supposed to be a three semester grad program. And I had moved in January of 2020 with a good friend of mine on campus and classes were happening. And um, I had just signed this lease and we, you know, things were going, it was fun. Um, I remember just because I sort of have like a feeler out for when there are like health, big health events. Um, I had heard of coronavirus at that point and I knew that it was wreaking havoc in other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. And I sort of decided like as someone who does tend to panic relatively easily, um, I was like, okay, just don't think about, like, it's not going to be an issue. You know, like, there have been huge, disastrous medical events in other parts of the world before in your lifetime, and, like, this one still won't affect you. Mm-hmm. And then um, it was late February or maybe the first week of March. I, like, I go to um, the University of Maryland, and it's a big state school. And my friend and roommate at the time had gone to undergrad there. So she was like very insistent upon like taking me to like the different bars and the different like things where like undergrads hang out. And um, I remember going to one once, like maybe two weeks before everything sort of fell apart. And I told, I texted my mom or my mom and I texted later uh, probably a few days later. And I told her that I had done that. And she's like, oh, that makes me nervous because of the germs. And I was like, like just the normal germs. She's like, no, you know what I'm saying. And then she was like, would send me little things being like, I got some masks for us. And I was like, we have some masks at home. And she's like, no, but I got extra strong ones. I'm like not really reassuring. And then uh, very quickly, like, I don't know, what was it, second or third week of March, the assistant dean of my program sent me down and he was like, I want you to go home because it seems like things are gonna, um, shut down and I don't want you to get stranded in College Park. And so, like, wherever, like, ho- like, he knew that I lived relatively close to, or, like, my mother's house is relatively close to the apartment I had. And so he's like, go home. Spring break is next week. They're giving you another week off. We'll reevaluate then. But like, don't come back to campus until at least then. And I guess around then was when I started to like really freak out. It it really didn't hit me um, just how big of a deal this was for a while. I, um, yeah, I remember thinking like, we're going to come back in two weeks and be like, whoa, near miss. And I like have not seen any of my classmates then. Um, and my roommate at the time also has a chronic condition that uh, puts her at higher risk. And so we ended up breaking our lease and just like, I only went back to where I was, but she had to go back to her home a few states away and school's been shut down. Um, and I 
my, um, I live with my mom right now and she works for a hospice. She's a hospice Mm. social worker. So she was going into a lot of assisted living facilities and nursing homes and like got fitted for PPE and they were doing that for a while. And she had to do the thing that doctors say they do when they get home from work where they just like immediately beeline to the bathroom, strip, shower, and then can like yeah, yeah. continue on. So she did that. Um, you know, things have gotten, it's become like the norm now mm-hmm. where I'm just like, okay, I do all my classes online and I stay home. And when the weekend comes, I stay home and <laughs> yeah. uh, text with my friends about how much this sucks. And um, yeah, like there's not a whole lot of like, oh, maybe we can like go eat outside, like pushing the limits to be like, yeah. we'll probably be okay. Like that has just not been how I or anyone in my household has operated. Yeah. Um. So it's been... You know, it's worked out because I had, like, a preliminary antibody test about six weeks ago and was told that I didn't have any, which I guess means that I don't haven't gotten it. Yeah. Um, was that through the study? Are it you was part through of the study? study. I am, yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't know if you wanted to, like, hold on to chat about that, but... Well, we can... I mean... Yeah, I, I also received a. I did the preliminary test mm-hmm. and was negative as well. And I was yeah. like, well, I assumed that I would be because I've been nowhere. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So okay. Obviously, it sounds like your experience have, has been very similar to both Jamie and my experience. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't Taking think it, we've yeah. we've we haven't done much of much. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think we both have taken small chances here and there, wouldn't yeah. you say? Last, like, last summer, um, my mom and I, like, went to one of the Delaware beaches mm-hmm. for a week, which is, yeah. like, oh, you would, t- you've spent time in D.C., so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, like, we drove there. It was yeah. just us, but in, like, a different house for a week. Yeah, exactly. But we were the only ones who, like, wore masks mm-hmm. when we were walking to the beach and back. Mm-hmm. And um, if you just, like, go for a walk. I remember people were commenting about, like, I'd see just these, like, drunk people standing outside of bars. And they'd comment on the fact that I was wearing a mask. And this was, like, July. So, like, this was an established thing at this point. Mm-hmm. But after that, I was like, I don't want to do that <laughs> anymore. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. I, I mean, I think I did like minor things like you explain kind of using the same group of people going mm-hmm. somewhere different yeah. just to driving. I've driven a lot, mm-hmm. driven a ton. Um, yeah, it's really it's really interesting. And it's I feel in stark contrast to what I what I know most of my friends have done in this time. So that's always fun. But I do want to talk about the study. So the study that we're talking about is this Johns Hopkins study that is testing 
transplant recipients for an antibody response to the vaccine. And um, I heard about it on social media. Um, I don't know. Where did you hear about it? I think social media. Um, Yeah. There is a heart transplant recipient who is also a physician who has become sort of a social media. Or Aline? Aline, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love Aline. She posted about it. Yeah. And I was like, I should know about this. Like, swear I had my surgery. Um, And I thought it was like a very local thing. I don't know why I thought that because I think she's in New York. But um, then I realized it was not. But yeah, I heard about it on social media. Can you explain for us non-transplant people why it would be um, it's something you even want to find out? Like why are doctors wanting to know specifically the responses of transplant patients? Why would their responses be different from regular patients? Can you explain that a little bit? My understanding is because to keep our organs or to keep our immune systems from attacking our organs and then causing rejection, we have to, um, like as things stand right now, basically forever be on a medication that suppresses your immune system. So it makes it like less aggressive or strong. And it's like, um, I think it's like a T cell disruptor basically. So T cells are like your killer cells and that's like part of your immune response. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I I think we take everyone takes vi- like varying degree like amounts of this kind of medication and also different kinds, yeah. which I didn't actually realize until the study that we all took like very different amounts and drugs, um, or like different cocktails almost um, for each person. I do know actually um, certain organs I think are less impacted by your their by your immune system. And so certain organ groups are uh, transplant recipients of those like organs uh, are on less um, immune suppression and also can get off. So I know um, a slew of transplant recipient uh, liver transplant recipients who are not anymore on um, immune suppression, and that That's is a- my goal as well. As well, um, but it's a delicate balance, as you could imagine. Um, yeah. The the kind of like tiptoeing, um, yeah. So basically, I this is my understanding. It's like we've never been eligible for vaccine trials before um, i didn't realize that yeah that's so cool so we've never been in a vaccine trial because our immune systems are so un they just there's so much that they don't know or understand by how about like how our systems react from these medications um and so you know every time i'm met with something that's a little bit un- like a, an infection or a virus well they're like always you know, oh well, you will you mount a fever? Will you will you mount a white blood cell uh, response? Because will your body see that there is uh, an infection and fight it? And I think that's always the kind of like question. Um, and so, my understanding is that Johns Hopkins did this because there is this overarching belief 
that hasn't necessarily been tested, that vaccines are less um, effective in us, that we right. are less protected by vaccines at large and and usually end up being the kind of population that, yeah, if we get a vaccine, it's probably like they're never going to tell us to not get the vaccine, but we still would likely be the ones that are benefiting the most from um, immunity. herd immunity. Yeah. Right. So for everyone else or, you know, most everyone else, the idea is that the vaccine in, in terms of COVID was this, you know, lifesaver situation you can right. take and go back to your life. But for transplant patients and other probably immunocompromised people, yeah. there's an open question about what it would actually do if it would actually trigger a response. So, yes. And th I think in their first cohort of people, I think they, they seem to have a, have recruited quite a amount yeah. of people, which is impressive. Yeah. But their first cohort they just released data from was 436, I believe, something like that. 26 some somewhere in the 400 low mm -hmm. 400 range and um uh that was a really interesting data uh, i haven't read it yet i'll be honest so basically what it said was that of 426 people that they measured an antibody response from in after their first dose of one of the two dose vaccines because at this point j and j had not been in the mm -hmm. mix, um, only 17% of patients mounted an antibody response after the first dose in compared to the normal population of wow. people during the regular vaccine trials that 100% mounted a response. So the wow. likelihood of us mounting a response is quite low. Um, so much lower than I even remembered it from what you told me. Uh, I mis I yeah, well, I fell into a deep depression after that one because yeah. I then, you know, became obsessed with said data and like, you know, was trying to calculate my specific. They break down what's likely to give someone an immune response. Oh, I got to go what's, look this up now. And what's not likely to give an immune response. And the good news is, Callie, um, you got the Moderna. Do you get the Moderna vaccine? Yeah. Moderna vaccine, which is more likely. Cool. You didn't even know. You didn't even know. You no. just picked the right one. You didn't yeah. even know. Yeah. Um, I didn't even pick. They picked. I know. I know. <laughs> same, same. Um, you're young. That was also really highly indicative. Um, and then the last piece was a class of medications that they call anti-metabolites, which are anti-metabolic um, immune suppression. So it was certain drugs um, the main drug was called, and these were drugs that they were concerned about. Um, the main drug I think that transplant patients take that's in this class of drugs is Celsept. Um, so does that put you in a, at an advantage or at a disadvantage? disadvantage? Disadvantage. I'm not on that. So you're likely to mount an antibody response, Callie. Amazing. So you're cool. Was there Sorry. also some correlation with? Um, time out from transplant? So time out from transplant, I think, is more correlated with the amount of immune suppression that you take. Okay. Because okay. as you get farther away, you're on less of a dose. And so, Kelly, just to compare, the people who take anti-metabolic immune suppression 
which is salsept and I think azazan, which I've never heard of. Um, but also patients who have lupus, Crohn's, um, lupus, Crohn's, and RA take mm-hmm. azazan or something. Is I it, think that's is a thiabrine? Uh, I don't, I mean, I think it's, I Googled the, the generic name and it said Azazan. Okay. I don't that's know. Fair. And then the other one was like mesophilolate or whatever. And that's, uh, I guess, Celsept. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Which I had heard of Celsept, but I had, um, but I had never heard of the other drug. But anyway. I, I was on Celsept for like it's, at some my point, right? first few years of transplant. Right. And then they put, yeah, no, then they put me on azathioprine, which is Imuran instead. I don't know um, that drug. Is that what you're on now? Yes. I'm is on that, that, is and that? I'm on tacrolimus. Yeah. What's your tacro level? <laughs> I think it's in the threes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, that's like, you know, on the lower end mm-hmm. of tacro. So... Basically, if you take Celsept, the, they found only 8% of people mounted an antibody response. It's not good for if heart you, patients. Or kidneys. Oh, yeah. If you don't take Celsept, it's about 40, 42%. And this is wow. only a – it's only a certain – obviously, the data, like, isn't perfect because it's only 426 people. Mm-hmm. So, anyway – it's also dose one, right? Yes, Which, but but I think I, if you mount a response to dose one, they think you're. They think it's like if you if you they don't think it's like a delayed situation where you don't and then you do. But isn't it with even in the regular population, some Mm-mm. people might not get a response till after the second dose. It's not an antibody response. It's a um it's like how powerful of an antibody response. Like 100% gotcha. of pa- people in the in the vaccine trials mounted a response to the after the first dose. Okay, gotcha. So, gotcha. it's like 100% compared to 17%, which is like low low. Yeah. So, it's like a very concerning statistic for transplant recipients and um, and I think also it should be concerning to a bunch of people who take that kind of medication yeah, that I mean, just don't even know. People. I mean, yeah. they don't even know. Yeah. I asked my liver doctor and she was like, oh, yeah, why wouldn't you? You know, she had right. no idea. So, have, yeah. Have you been told um, by your doctor, like, straight out? what you're if you're at higher risk for covid because COVID. i um asked two separate doctors in like different like a cardiologist and an oncologist and the cardiologist said um you're not at a higher risk of contracting it but you're at a higher risk of having a very serious so- reaction yeah yeah serious case and then the other doctor said basically the opposite and she's like actually like you might be at higher risk of getting it but you might not have as serious of a case because of the immune suppression and well because they they were putting people on cyclosporin which is yeah 
um, a, a variation of one of the main drugs that pretty much all transplant, pretty much almost all, I think like 80% of people in this trial, in this vaccine study, uh, took tacro, with tacrolimus, it's also, also called prograph, and that was like eight, yeah, it's like 82% or something. That's like the main drug. The variation of that drug could be cyclosporin, but they've stopped using it as much. Yeah, it's an older drug. They used to use it on like younger children, but it makes you really hairy. So yeah. they don't use it on teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, so I, I feel actually very good positive vibes for you, Callie. I feel like you're very like you're very likely to have an antibody response. And I can only say that because I had I was positive for antibodies, which I if we would have done this interview a week ago, I would have been like, we're both screwed, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, I'm frustrated because I I've only gotten the initial test back and it said no. And it's like before any. But that doesn't help you. Yeah, but I got my first dose a month ago, and I still haven't gotten the results. It took me – I submitted them March 1st, and I didn't get it until March 24th. Okay, that makes me feel better. So – And then you also, Kendall, you went out and – Yeah, Kelly, you can actually do this, and this is what I did. So the study is taking hella long, and I have – I was – unbelievably anxious and depressed and I was basically like oh my gosh I can't here I am thinking I can like go back to New York City and like see people and do some like safe things you know that kind of thing still going to keep precautions kind of Mm -hmm. going but and then yeah obviously that felt crushing oh my gosh I don't have antibodies what am I going to do I'm never going to get out of this I'm going to be doomed to live with my parents until I'm 30 years old and then no one's going to want to marry me and oh my gosh it's over you know we have the that's... same internal monologue <laughs> <laughs> classic so, spiral yeah yeah <laughs> I'm so glad to hear um and so <laughs> I went and I asked my friend, my friend who's an epidemiologist, infectious disease doctor, and I said, okay, like, help me understand what is the test that they're using to test us for antibodies? And she said, you need to get a test uh, against the spike protein, antibodies against the spike protein, IgG, um, using the RBD domain. I'm like, I have no idea what that means, but okay. So then I found, I like Googled RBG, that. RBG, rest in peace. Got it. That's the test. <laughs> I think it was RBD actually, but okay. we'll, I'll just throw in a G there for yeah. you. Um, and I saw it on LabCorp and like, you know, LabCorp is all over the place. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I can get a doctor to order this test for me. So I ordered the te- I got the test ordered on Monday. I went and did it. And on Tuesday I had results. And I th- that were I was pos- I literally woke up Tuesday morning. I ch- I looked on LabCorp to see if my results were back and they were and then I had I took a deep breath and then I I clicked it and I saw that I was positive and I barreled down the stairs to tell my parents. Aww. And then my mom cried. So um, I highly recommend if you just like gotta know. Um, I might because I do feel like I gotta know. And um, I waited two weeks after my second dose just to be like, sure, just give my full the full shot, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got 
my results from Johns Hopkins like a couple of days after. Um, cool. Yeah, no, I, um, I'm trying to figure out if I can like do that as well because my, um, one of my, uh, doctors wrote me a similar test or I had to get other blood work done. And, um, I don't know if they Hopkins sent you the little boxes with the like draw your own blood at home thing. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't get them to work. I like tried the first one. I'm also just a little fun, quirky, cute thing about me is that I'm like a fainter when it comes to blood um, and like needlework. And I'm not like you sort of have to develop a tolerance for blood work when Mm -hmm. you are a recipient or just have myriad chronic health problems. And, um, so it doesn't freak me out, but sometimes I will pass out. Mm. And so I tried to like do this at home at the end of like my work day. And I had this like, basically like this like mechanical leech on the back of my arm. Yeah. That's what it is. They send you these like devices. Yeah. It's like like a stick it to you. And I'm trying to get it to work and I'm like, starting to get really dizzy and I'm like no like oh no so I'm like lying in my bed my mom comes in the room and she's like what on earth just happened and I had to go over the whole thing and I was like I have this thing that's like suctioned onto the back of my arm um it's trying to get blood not a single drop came out and so what? I had to go to lab court to get the samples done anyway because oh. I was like sorry I broke your little device mm-hmm. yeah uh, well, the second time I, the, for the second sample, I could barely get any blood. And then I had to like text, they have this like hotline that you text. Yeah. And I text them a photo and I was like, is this enough blood? Is this going to work? Because this is all I got. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, it's going to work. Um, But I was skeptical too. So yeah. then I was like, okay, I'm going to go get my own test. But um, yeah, I mean, I think the whole thing is that uh, so many people I know um, who were a part of the study don't have antibodies. And, I mean, that makes sense mathematically, like, percentage-wise. Those people were in the kind of first cohort. My mm-hmm. data was not. Um, and, uh, you know, I just – I feel utterly devastated for them because that just means you're in this for a, quite a long time. And – Everyone else is getting to break their bubbles and Mm -hmm. see friends and have a summer barbecue like Joe Biden promised for the 4th of July. Yeah. And, uh, you know, will that be available to them? Might not. Um, And so I also, in the kind of span of waiting for my results had heard from some other people who had been talking to the director of the study at Johns Hopkins about like what they're thinking uh, as, as far as alternatives for it's a huge population of people. Um, Especially when you consider that this could be impacting people who are, have other conditions. And they're just on these drugs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And so I think there are a few different options that they're thinking of one a third dose of one of the two dose vaccines to 
uh, getting people who've already been vaccinated and tested negative for antibodies, maybe they'll have a better chance with the J&J or AstraZeneca just because the ways in which your body has to kind of like accept the mRNA vaccine and then do something, do some process, intricate body process with it might be something that those those drugs block. And then the third is get more sensitive tests that can actually test for memory T and B cells instead of antibodies. So that was encouraging to hear that they are actually thinking about it. But yeah, like this isn't the end of the road for people who don't mount a response. But I think if I didn't have antibodies, I would certainly be feeling like that at the moment because none of this is very public and you know i also i don't know about you but once i kind of heard about the study and knew people that weren't in that couldn't get into the study because they had already gotten too many people i was like well you better you guys better get your antibodies checked and i have like four friends who are like our age who are recipients of various kinds of organs who really needed to get it checked at this point yeah no I feel like I've sort of and this is I don't know why like a level of cockiness maybe just because I um have like pretty frequently been like the youngest person in like my clinic and um they always like joke around my cardiology clinic always jokes around with me because um, when I want to get stress tests every year, I'm apparently like their only patient who wants to do the actual treadmill one and not do like (laughs) one with this drug that simulates stress on the heart. And, um, Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, no, I'll run. And they like, they're like, God, now we got to do all this extra stuff so you can run. And, um, so I just sort of assumed that I would mount a response, but now that I am, you know, more than 24 hours after getting the shot and seeing like, you know, both of my parents who got really sick from it and people who are my age got really sick from it and me being like, feeling relatively okay. I'm like, oh, this is, it's like cool, but I am still not completely happy that this is how it turned out because it makes me think I'm not a mounting or mounting rather an immune response I also was, yeah. wish they'd give me my test results back so yes from the first one at least yes yeah um that's do you, do you, give, a sec- do you give a second sample during after the second one yeah it's a month out though okay so that's a, a long, I mean, that's a long time. Yeah, a month <laughs> like, after your second A one. month after your second dose. They, they'll ship you your, your one month, your three month, and your six month. Interesting. Um, shortly, I believe. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, okay. Go ahead, Jamie. I'm curious for both of you, and maybe it's different answers because, Kendall, you know the situation, Callie, you're still waiting, how you think about what you can do or what life moves on to or becomes in relation to uh, these results. I'm also curious, do you know if there's, is there any information you'll have 
or that you feel like you want to have about how protected you are because we hear this stuff these numbers of the general population these amounts of protection is that oh, also like the something num- the measurement of antibodies like the numbers yeah are, are those they don't even know what they know? mean though at this okay, point so that's just i mean i i have heard people talk about that I don't know what test it is because it's certainly not the one that I'm like, it's I'm only getting we're only getting like a positive negative thing. Gotcha. Um, but I don't think they know what they mean. The numbers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so at that point, I'm like, I don't want to know my number. Yeah. Because uh, what's the point? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess how do you feel about doing stuff now? And then Callie, how do you where does this result sit in your timeline of being able to do things? Um, I'd say it's definitely not the best place to be, um, for like a variety of reasons, but it's also coinciding with the fact that I'm like actively on the job hunt Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I don't know where I'm going to end up. I don't know if I'm going to like land a gig before graduation, but, um, I, I'm definitely more hesitant about leaving the area and like leaving my medical team and being too far away from my parents when this is still unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like realistically though, like even if I do find out that I've like mounted an immune response, I'm still going to be nervous about that just because Mm-hmm. you know, this past year has been traumatizing to say the least. And yeah. I'm like not convinced like that this is just like, I don't understand how anybody thinks that like by August or like even by like December, like this is just going to be like a thing of the past. Like I can't imagine going anywhere without a mask. I can't imagine, um, even if I am told definitively that I am mounting a response, like carrying on with any semblance of normalcy, just because. From a psychological perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But also, I feel like there are enough people that have been sort of careless about this and casual that um, I. I question whether herd immunity is possible. Um, Right. Yeah, no, it has definitely, like if this hadn't happened, I would have graduated six months ago. Um, I took an extra semester, but I'm seeing people in my program who did finish on time, take jobs, you know, like thousands of miles away from here and from their homes. And I'm like, you know, it's hard to move to a new place where you don't know anyone under normal circumstances. But it's like, even if this thing is winding down, I have to, you know, take into account that I have like an established medical team here. I have mm-hmm. doctors and um, I know the hospitals around here and they know me like Yeah, it takes a lot of effort to reestablish care 
even if you're at a in a really good um transplant center location uh yeah. it's it's a whole it's a whole journey you know yeah because like each of these cases is so nuanced like someone who got transplanted on the exact same day as I did like their case could have a totally different path yeah yeah and um like I remember a few years ago I woke up with like a stomach bug and um I have not had to go to the ER for a few years now but there was a period where it happened like every few months and um I so I woke up with like a stomach bug of some sort was just like puking a lot and was puking up my meds which is Mm. not good yeah and so um my mom took me to the er of this hospital that's like a mile from our house was just like this is what's going on and they were afraid of me like they were afraid to treat me at all Mm -hmm. and so then they just were like i think i ended up like I was six. I don't remember the details, but pretty sure I ended up like not even like being transported by like an ambulance, just sort of like my mom then like took me to the other hospital downtown Yeah, where they did know me. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I could be like, I could move next door to the Mayo Clinic. And then the first time I go there, it would be like, do we have your chart? Do we know your history? Like, yeah. What about all the nuances? And it's like, I feel like that's something that I've never looked forward to having to deal with, but I've also never let that like hold me back from the idea of leaving like my hometown. Mm -hmm. But I feel like on top of what just happened, I am not so ready to do that. I'm not so ready to just like go hang out with people inside places and I'm not like I'm gonna have to like be very careful just for like my own peace of mind and I'm frustrated about it because I like don't want to worry so much about it yeah but like you know people I like respect and like and think are very intelligent are telling me that they went to Miami for spring break and I'm like (laughs) you what (laughs) like (laughs) yeah why so yeah and because oh sorry I didn't no 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 it's just like it feels like i have like a level of paranoia that i didn't before that i'm like oh have you been you know careful in the ways that you should have i don't know i don't know if any of these people have get away from me right yeah i also didn't realize but it makes sense because the question kind of exists for everyone actually that the study is doing several month follow-ups to see the long-term response and because that's also a question for the general population. How long does it last? How long do these vaccines last? When yeah. do we need to get revaccinated? Mm-hmm. Do we need more boosters? Which is why you um, shouldn't get the elimination of your ca- vaccination card like they're offering for free at Office Depot. Because you might need to write down other doses that's after. That's what I thought that was from, yeah. <laughs> I was like, was these people, they, they know, they are, yes. I'm, uh, yeah, of, I'm going with a frame. And because I can, I can take it yeah, out yeah, of a yeah. frame. Yeah, that's good. To, that's good. Yeah. I was thinking like a little um, pouch, like a, you know, um, I want to get something that has like a um, a chain 
that mm. I could like carry it yeah. like a little purse. Um, yes. And then it has a little pouch and it's see-through but also maybe bedazzled and I can just like pull it in and out yeah and keep it on my person at all times like that's what I was thinking yeah I just think it'll be <laughs> nice to show my grandchildren to remind them what paper is uh, <laughs> uh yes that's <laughs> good yeah actually these will be artifacts one day yeah. that's what I was thinking I'm like the kind of person who like keeps ticket stubs and I'm very sentimental and so like how am I gonna preserve that should I put it in my album with like all the ticket stubs dating back to 2006? I guess so. Yeah. 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 I, I, hmm. Now that I have antibodies, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm ready to make out with the nearest stranger. (laughs) You're you're like a Pantene commercial where it's, where you're just like your hair is shimmering. Yes. Yes. I put the Pantene on my hair. I shower, I wash it and I'm ready, you know, like, (laughs) like the sun is out. The birds are chirping. Yeah. Everything's coming up roses. That's how I feel. No, I mean, look, I really feel personally that I'm going to move my level of insecurity around the virus from, from like transplant concerned human to uh, everyone else when they don't have a vaccine. Yeah. So like, that's kind of where I'm thinking. I'm like moving it up a level, like going from not, not like spring breakers on the beach, whatever, whatever. Um, But, you know, I think, I think I will have a person indoors in my home that, you know, they could be anyone it could be anyone really a a friend or two i Mm. think a lot of my friends are starting to get vaccinated so it's less of a concern but even if they weren't vaccinated like i think there's like one person i might be willing to see inside without mask on that's not vaccinated um i think the other person I'm thinking of is vaccinated, so that's great. And then another person I'm thinking of is vaccinated. So I think it's going to be – I'm not jumping to indoor dine. I don't think that's necessary. I feel like you can outdoor dine as things get warmer. Um, and I did that in the summer. Um, I So I feel like, you know, I should take – I could take a similar chance now that I'm protected. I also, at some level, feel like, okay, well, if I don't trust the vaccine, then what's the vaccine for, kind of? Um, mm, yeah. I'm like, I feel like, oh, I'm the proud owner of antibodies. Like, if I don't change any part of my life, then maybe I'm just holding myself back. Right. Um, yeah. And so maybe this is a bad idea. But you know what? I, I left open the opportunity that it that I could change it. So I am a in a I'm in two weddings in August and September. One of my friends is having a bachelorette weekend in Austin at the wow. end of June. And I was like, she was like, do you want to be counted in? And I was like, you know what? Count me in. Cause like yeah. I can always change that situation. I haven't bought my plane tickets. And Though I do feel comfortable, I do think I'll feel comfortable flying if I have antibodies. Um, And, you know, I think the world is going to look more different than it is now in June. 
but I have the ability to reassess. And I'm only going to, I decided that I'm going to eat the cost. Like, so she's booking an Airbnb and this other thing. And I'm, that's like, I can eat the cost. I can afford to eat the cost. I've lived at my parents' house for quite some time now. I've spent zero money and zero cents on anything other than my uh, very expensive uh, rent in Brooklyn, New York. (laughs) And, but I've still saved money. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to take myself out of the game. I'm going to keep myself in the game until I have to take myself out of the game. And if I feel comfortable and if the world is feeling better and the cases are down and the hospitalizations are down and the variants aren't a huge problem, then I'm going to go. Yeah. I think also like... This, Callie this- is looking at me in horror. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to. I, I'm i also in a wedding. Shock and awe. Okay. <laughs> my timeline's a little bit delayed and I can't reveal where the bachelorette party is yet because the bride doesn't know. But um, it is at it's some point... waters. Y- yeah, it's, it's in the sea. Yeah. Um, it is happening at some point during the summer and then the wedding is in October and it's sort of like in the back of my mind I have for the last few months been like oh my god like what if I have to drop out of this wedding because I can't risk it like at the last minute and the fact that like no I'm feeling very similarly just like I have to tell myself that at that point and at, in time for the bachelorette party, like, I don't want to miss it. It's been a year of, it will have been, yeah, more than a year of doing nothing mm-hmm. at that point. Um, I'm not like, if I was seeming like I was looking at you in horror, it's just because the concept of flying right now scares like the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. But I also realized that like, it's reasonable yeah. if you have antibodies. Yeah. I also think, you know, everyone at the Bachelorette weekend is going to be vaccinated. So that's also really important. Um, yeah. And I think, and then like all the activities we're doing are outdoors. So um, I feel like all of those things like make me feel better, you know? And Again, I just at some point we're going to have to like push ourselves into the world a little bit and like see how it goes. I don't know. I think um, I don't know how you guys feel about this. And I think this is like a philosophy question based on our, you know, everyone's tolerance for kind of chaos. But my principle has always been I'm not going to take myself out of the game. My body is going to. And. I just feel like there's so much that we risk losing out on if we don't, you know, kind of push beyond what we 100% are mentally comfortable with um, based on the fear that our bodies are physically going to crumble. Um, And I just know so many experiences that I would have missed out on had I not been like, you know had I not decided to just go for it um, and see like, okay, I know that wherever, I mean, the obviously COVID is a little bit different, but I think the a philosophy still applies. The I'm going to 
you know, not take myself out of the game until I have to. And that's kind of how I, why I said, you know what, I'll just eat the cost and I'll make a game time decision and I'll buy tickets really, you know, close up to the day and I'll just make it work if it, if it feels right versus being like, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to say, no, don't, don't call me in. And I'm going to take myself out in March when it's not until late June. No, I, I also try to operate that way. I'm like pretty cautious by nature, but I've also done things that, um, like perhaps weren't the wisest decisions. And it was more just like, I feel like, so I'm thinking specifically about the fact that I have a number of tattoos and. I know, um, I actually, I noticed that. And I know that that's a no-no for transplant recipients. It is a no-no. It is something that I, like from a young age, was like, I want tattoos. Um, And then had the transplant and I was very close with my pediatric cardiologist. Mm -hmm. And she would always like. I'd show up and she'd be like, I'm so glad you didn't get a tattoo since the last time I saw you. And then I remember one time I was in, I think like late high school or early college. Um, I'd had to get a cardiac cath, which is what I used to have to do every year to make sure that and a biopsy, which is like big pain in the butt. You got to go under, I go under general anesthesia. Like it's a, an intrusive thing. Um, It's something that I consider like not a big deal in terms of procedures, but the general public is probably like, no, that's like a big deal. Mm -hmm. And um, at one point I just sort of like pulled her aside after that. And I was still like kind of high on the sedative drugs. And I was like, I need you to be honest with me. Am I going to die if I get a tattoo? And then she was like, don't ask me that. And finally she was like, you probably won't die if you get a tattoo, if you're smart about it. So, like, a week later, I made an appointment. Um, <laughs> I love that. You just got on it. Yeah. And I, like, have done it a few times since. And every time, whatever, medical professional, it's like, well, we don't condone this at all. We're not. We're going to give you, like, antibiotics for prophylactic reasons. But it's, you know, I feel like when you go through the kind of thing that we did that's just sort of like especially at a young age that's you know changes the whole trajectory of your life and then you're basically told like okay here are all these things you can't do and you're just told like sorry deal with it comes with Mm -hmm. the territory Mm -hmm. and like a lot of them are very reasonable but then there are a few and even for like the tattoo thing for me but you know, other traveling and such, it's like, I'm not willing to like, let this, you know, dictate so much of what I, your whole life. Yeah. 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 Like I had to stay around, um, around home for college. And I was like upset about that, but then I understood. And like, you know, I, there are just like countless ways that like I've had to adjust my life to like accommodate things that the being a transplant recipient like requires me to do. And I am not willing to just like 
oh, but you could get sick, like, right. so you shouldn't do this thing. It's like, but, like, I could get hit by a bus tomorrow, you know what I mean? Like, Right, yeah. Like, I'm going to be reasonable, but... I've had that in the past year where I've thought about, because I've, in, in recent years, I've had, like, cardiac scares where I've gotten, like, more preoccupied about, like, my potential death or time left or whatever. And I've had time, moments in the past year where I'm like, what if I have a fucking arrhythmia in this year that I'm waiting at home because of COVID? Like, a really bad arrhythmia that really fucks things up, like, to the point where I'm like, yeah, when my personal take is once I'm vaccinated, like, I'm gonna do what i you know like you said kendall like it it's gonna be the things we're gonna kiss the nearest stranger on the street yes exactly um (laughs) i told a specific someone that i was gonna kiss the nearest stranger on the street and he said the nearest stranger eh and i said yep (laughs) (laughs) um but it's like like you said like really what what i mean by that is like the things I'll be doing are the things that my healthy friends have been doing in the past. Yes. Year. Yes. Um, exactly. Not, I'm not talking about like, you know, uh, you're not going to go like the, like subway. Pole. Wild. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to go ask for all the, the samples of the coronavirus samples in the fridge at Mount Sinai and, and take them <laughs> like shots. I'm going to go into a, an art gallery with a mask on. Like, you know, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Go um, to the movies and sit like and sit a, a million slow. feet from somebody else with my hands perfectly folded and still <laughs> and not touching anything. Yeah. Exactly. And then you're gonna take a shower in hand sanitizer. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So oh, I mean, man. that's 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 where I am as well. But kind of live our lives. But also, like, yeah, we have different. We also have different views of what that means, and I think we're gonna be. We can get along doing some things and not being as crazy as everyone else hmm. and, and still feel like we're going crazy. Like we're like, we're really doing it. We're really doing, yeah, it, we're doing it big. And, we're doing it big. And, and by that, I mean, I'm having one friend in my apartment to watch television with me on the couch. Last week, <laughs> I like earlier this week, I sat out with a friend at a bookstore. We sat out at a coffee shop and then went into a bookstore with a mask on for 15 minutes. And I was like, wow, that's, that was a day. That was a whole <laughs> No, the same thing happened to me. I had spring break a uh, week before this past one, and I, like, got coffee and sat outside, and it was, like, 45 degrees <laughs> with a friend. We were both double masked and, like, just shivering the whole time. And then for the rest of the day and, like, the next day, I was like, wow, that was so rejuvenating. I did something. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I still have friends that want to hang wild. out with me. Like, oh, I know. Oh, my God. Are the yeah. police after me for that? <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's been a weird time. It's yeah. been a very weird year. Well, I really hope that you, I'm now, now I need you to tell me if you have, like, when you hear about your oh, antibody yeah. status. You. Um, or you just need to tell, like, that, that blue bird application I definitely will. Okay. (laughs) Then I can, then I can hear about it. Um, I'm really hopeful. I think you have a strong, a very, a lot of like things going in your favor. So I'm going to just say that it's happening. I don't want to like assume anything, but I am very optimistic just for the reasons we talked about. Yeah. I wonder if further cohorts will also have 
different overall results. I do too. I really do. I also wonder, based on an early the early cohort, although they had ages of all different, they had people of all different ages. Um, I was wondering if it was like an older group because mm. of uh, eligibility. It. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I also think it was a lot of medical professionals. So. Yeah. I also wanted to mention about el- just el- eligibility and herd immunity. I think this next month and a half it's is going to be, be really, really important. key to see yeah. because every state, well, every state but three, including New York, has disclosed when everyone will be eligible. Mm-hmm. And for most states, that date is in the next in April. couple weeks. Yeah, somewhere yeah. in April. I know mine, I like in my capacity as a reporter and covering health, big shocker there. Um, and have been like, had my finger on the pulse of all of the COVID news. And they just announced that like mid April, it's going to open up to everyone, mm-hmm. which there's a lot of mixed responses to, but mm-hmm. um, it's a very exciting announcement. Yeah. I saw an article, a headline today that was like, Biden administration wrestles with the fact that they'll soon have too many vaccines. Yeah. Hard. Figure out what to do with that. I like that problem. Yeah, right. That seems like an ideal problem, I'd even say. Good problem to have. So now we get to see, we get into the part where we see like how many people who aren't, uh, you know, at some sort of risk do get it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It will. Well, Kelly, thanks for talking with us. Of course. I can't get much stronger. Man, I've been waiting all night now. That's how long I've been on you.